Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Corinthians chapter number 9 is where we'll begin this evening. We've been uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians for several weeks now. And we've been taking a look at this, of course, the overall theme uh, for this church at Corinth and this book of Corinthians uh, is the theme of unity. And Paul is attempting to bring some unity to this church uh, in what they believe, how they believe it, uh, how they practice. Um, In this, of course, we've learned already and mentioned several times that Paul had gotten Uh, some reports from the household of Chloe, and she and her house had told him what was going on uh, within this church at Corinth, and then also within that letter had uh, had some questions that they were working through and trying to figure out, and we are currently in the section of of the portion of 1 Corinthians where uh, Paul is uh, going through and he's addressing those questions, and he's giving answers to those um, within that. And one of the questions they had is, what about our ministers? How do we handle them? What do we do with them? And uh, that would include even the Apostle Paul. And so here in chapter number 9, Uh, Paul is going to begin uh, this chapter by giving himself somewhat of a little bit uh, of a vindication of who he is and who is what his office is, but he's going to lay out a case in how and why this church should care for those that ministered to it. And so we know that through these answers and through these books and letters, we find for us today within our own faith and practice, um, in, and that may answer some of the questions that you have uh, in how and why we care for uh, those that minister to the church. And so we're going to jump right in here. We're going to read several verses, and then I'm going to give you three, uh, hopefully, relatively quick points, and then we'll uh, kind of downshift a little bit and transition uh, into the Lord's table tonight. But I want to give you uh, chapter 9 uh, for a few moments if we could. The Scripture says in verse number 1, Am I not an apostle? So he starts off with a question here uh, by saying, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless... I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only And Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? So Paul, in answering this question, I'll pause here just for a moment, is asking several questions. Now, I I think one of the best ways that we can learn sometimes uh, from a teacher is a teacher who asks questions uh, to help us. It just provokes thought 
Uh, and that's one of the reasons Paul is asking all of these questions. And he's going to continue uh, this questioning to, again, attempt to get this church thinking about what it is and why it is they are doing this. So he says, again, verse number six, just for a quick review, he says, or I and Barnabas, or I only, sorry, and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Then he says in verse seven, he says, who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he altogether for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap carnal things? Your carnal things, sorry. It says in verse 12, If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet... Have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more? And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under law to Christ that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run a race run all? But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. 
And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body, or I keep under my body, rather, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So again, Paul's making a case for caring for the minister of God. We'll look at three very quick things here this evening, and make a few comments, and then we'll be uh, transitioning into the Lord's table tonight. So let's pray together, and we'll jump right into this. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you again. God, you're so good to us, and you are so lovely as our Heavenly Father. And God, as we come to you, we know that uh, this church in Corinth had uh, many issues. They had many problems. They had many uh, questions of how they were to do things. And uh, you have seen fit uh, to preserve for us, not the questions per se, but we see the answers that they had, that they had given by your apostle, by your man. And God, I pray that as we examine this tonight, that we too would uh, observe these principles that have been given for how to care for those that minister within and to the church. And God, we pray that we would do all things for your honor and your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, the first thing I want you to see uh, within these first six verses that we looked at at the very beginning uh, is the partnership within the work. And the partnership within the work. Of course, when we look at a church, we know that any church that is made up of more than one person, which if you're going to assemble with more than one, uh, that is necessary, right? You can't assemble by yourself. Uh, that is just loneliness, I suppose. Um, but uh, no, we know that in Scripture, the Bible talks about where two or three are gathered. It takes more than one to assemble. And, so, and, and now it only takes two uh, to assemble and to be uh, considered and have and partake within the things of God, within the church of God. And yet we have here Paul starting off by describing his uh, partnership within the work or even the minister's partnership within the work. And, and that's why he starts off with these questions as he talks about an apostle uh, to serve. He says in verse 1, am I not an apostle? Now we could answer that question uh, by saying yes. He is an apostle, and he gives us some things here uh, to, to vindicate that as well. As he says, am I not free? So he wants to know, am I not an apostle, and am I not free? Now, one of the things here is, again, he is wanting uh, these people to think. He's wanting them to answer these questions that would cause them to think as he goes through the rest of this, and he wants to know, am I? I, an apostle. Well, the answer, of course, is yes. Am I not free? The answer is yes. He says, have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? The answer, yes. On the road to Damascus, he has his testimony. They knew his testimony. Uh, then he says, are ye my work in the Lord? Now, we know that uh, through the book of Acts and through other portions of Scripture, that portions of Scripture, I should say, uh, that Paul spent 18 months 
in Corinth establishing this church. It's the longest he spent with any of the churches that he established, and he spent 18 months with them. So when he's asking, are not ye my work in the Lord? The answer to all of these questions is yes. Yes, 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 and yes. Yes, Paul, we are your work. Yes, Paul, we, uh, you have seen the Lord. Yes, Paul, you are free. Yes, Paul, you are an apostle. But then he says in verse number 2, as if some had been questioning his apostleship, he says, if I, not, or if I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. So he says, all right, I realize that some are questioning whether or not I am truly an apostle. He says, I understand that. It's obviously gotten back to this church. And so he's trying to set some of the record straight here. And he starts by saying, uh, am I not an apostle? Yes. Have you seen the Lord? Yes. Are you free? Yes. Are you not my work in the Lord? He's reminding them, I worked with you. You know who I am. Then he says, if I be not an apostle unto others, am I still to you? He says, doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. And so we see the apostle to serve, or an apostle to serve. He says, I've partnered with you. But in verse number 3, he says, mine answer to them that do examine me is this. You want to know my answer? You want to know what I think or how I... So he has an answer to give. So he says, I'm an apostle to serve, but I have an answer to give those that are questioning and those that are examining me in this. And he says, I am an apostle. I am. He says, have we not power to eat and drink? He says in verse number 5, Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles? And as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas, that Cephas is also Peter, by the way, he says, Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. So he, while he's giving this answer of this partnership, he's also saying there's an arrangement that needs to be followed. There is an arrangement that needs to be followed within this, and that is within this partnership of the work. And he says, here's my answer. Have we not power to eat and drink? He says, are we not supposed to eat and drink? Or you could even say, is, were they not to live? Were they not to live where they could eat and drink? He says, have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles? He says, are we not to lead? Do we not have power to lead within this thing as an apostle, as a partner within the ministry that God has established? Are we not partners? Am I not an apostle? Should we not eat? Should we not drink? Can we not lead others? Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? That is, that we don't work. He says, do we have the power to not work within the ministry? Do we have the power to not be involved, to not partner with the ministry that God has given? And so he gives, the again, the partnership of the work, but I want you to see number two, that he also gives the principles of the work. 
He's about to give some principles of the work. He says in verse 7, he says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man? Or saith not the law the same also? He says, he says look, he says, who, who, here's some principles that are working principles. He says, nobody goes to war and pays the fees of the war themselves. He says, nobody plants a vineyard and then doesn't eat of the vineyard. No one has a flock that feeds it that they don't partake of the milk of the flock. He said, say I these things as a man? He says, am I just speaking to you as somebody who is just wanting something, or am I speaking as a man? Or did not the law say the same thing? It says in verse number 9, for it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? What he's saying is you're using an ox in, in a, a work-type setting, and he says, if you don't feed the ox, what's going to happen? That ox isn't going to work. That ox is eventually going to die. So you have to take some of the corn that the ox is treading out, and you're going to have to feed him that. And he's setting up these principles here. Continue. He says in verse 10, he says, Or saith he altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. In verse 11, he says, If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. For if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Verse 13, he says, Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things Live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. The principles of the work are this, three things. The first is sowing. Sowing. In verse number 11, he says, If we have sown unto you spiritual things. So the minister comes in and is ministering within the church and is saying, let me, let me give you and sow unto you these spiritual things. Are you being fed spiritually? Are you growing spiritually? And, and, and I know one of the biggest things within churches sometimes uh, comes down to, and I've I, I've heard this. I, I, I've I've heard it from uh, from others. I've I, I've probably even said it myself a time or two. Uh, but sometimes we get this idea that we say, well, uh, and because we, we think it sounds spiritual, or we say, well, I'm just not being fed. You ever heard that before? Just not being fed. And the the fact of the matter is this: I I've not met uh, any. I, oh man, how do I say this? Um, 
I say this, I, I've, I've met ministers before that were very poor communicators. Could I say it that way? Is that kind or is that unkind? Because I want to be kind here. Uh, they just weren't the best communicators. I've met ministers that are wonderful communicators. I mean, they can make anything make sense and they can put it out there and they do put it out there and it's like, wow. I mean, it's like chef level uh, things there and the others look like, you know, kindergartners making uh, breakfast in bed for their parents. Uh, and uh, if you compare the two. Uh, but the fact of the matter is this, when the kindergartner makes breakfast in bed for their parents, do the parents get to say, well, we weren't fed today? I mean, the eggs may have not been cooked all the way, and the, and the pancakes may have been a little raw, but were you fed? Okay? There, there's, follow my train of thought here. It's not always about I'm not being fed as much as it is about I don't like what I'm being fed. Okay? Uh, so if we're going to say, well, I'm just not being fed... Uh, then let's, again, let's use the right terms. Now, sometimes I'm not being fed enough. Uh, Rachel took me to a restaurant here recently, and uh, she, she read the reviews, and the reviews were great, and uh, it talked about the ambiance, and it talked about how delicious the food was. Uh, but I just ha I have a rule that if I sit down and I order green beans, and I can count on one and a half hands how many green beans I have, I don't have enough green beans, right, Brother Rick? I mean, Marty, there were seven green beans on my plate. Now, the green beans were delicious, I'll tell you that for sure. I don't remember what else I had. I think I had some type of meat. It was also delicious. I think there was some type of potato and a salad, maybe. And, I mean, several courses, but it... it I, I left the meal hungry. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was one of those meals that, that I, I'm looking at, and I'm like, hey, can we, can we stop at McDonald's on the way home? Uh, it was one of those. And, and, of course, she always rolls her eyes and uh, that type of thing. But I'm just like, I didn't get enough. Sometimes we don't get enough, but yet we're still being fed. But, but Paul says, if we have sown unto you spiritual things. You see, it's about sowing. And one of the principles of sowing is also what? Reaping. Now look, you can only reap what you have sown. And so he says here, if... We have sown unto you spiritual things. It is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. Because again, he's talking here about caring for the minister of God. The minister to the church. And, and, and hopefully, uh, everyone understands that as a minister, a minister still has to eat. He's already, he's already touched this. He says, do we not have the power to eat and to drink? Says, we kind of need to do those things. And so here we are, we're sowing spiritually unto you that ye may grow in the Lord and grow in the things of God. He says, it is a great thing then if we shall reap your carnal things. 
your carnal things. He goes on in verse number 12 by explaining, if others be partakers of this power over you, meaning others partake in your carnal things. Can we, can we put this in modern, modern vernacular a little bit? Maybe just a little. So if you again, you go to a restaurant, the restaurant sits down and says what? Now one, I have a pet peeve. When I go into a restaurant or I go into a store, um, I, I don't, it's just me personally, I don't like being called a guest. Do you enjoy being called a guest? You do? I don't, and here's why. I've never charged a guest anything. Because, Marty, you're my guest. I mean, could you imagine, hey, Marty, come over for dinner. Oh, by the way, that'll be $8. Do you feel like a guest at that point? Of course not. You're a customer. You're not a guest. Uh, you know, guests, guests are treated, and, and you're a guest. And so, uh, but, but yet we go to a restaurant, and we say, oh, well, here's where we're going to eat and this is how much it's going to cost and we may budget for that and we look at the menu and uh, there, there were a couple of times again when we go out we uh, sometimes we'll look ahead of course the internet's great for those things and and you look and you see hey all right we're going to eat here and and then you look at the menu and not just the menu and say oh that looks delicious and then you look over and you're like oh no I'm not ordering that now why would you not order that because it costs too much it costs too much and you say I'm not willing to pay that to eat that. And so you go somewhere that's a little bit more within your budget, but you are still paying for what you get. Now, I've already told you, for me, uh, I, I'd like to be full when I leave after paying for a meal. I even feel even better when I get to take some home and leave full. I feel like I've gotten a bargain at that point. Amen? But Paul is saying... If others be partaker of this power over you, he said, if you're willing to take care of others that are over you, are ye not rather? Are we not rather? He said, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things, Live of the whole of the thing, sorry, of the temple. They which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. So he says, look, he says, you got to remember, when they were serving in the temple within the Old Testament, everything that came in, the ministers would receive a portion of it. Those that served the altar, they would receive a portion of it when it was their turn to serve at the altar. They would receive that. He says in verse 14, though, he says, Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Listen, the gospel produces something, doesn't it? And it produces something spiritual. It produces a spiritual result. But again, Paul has established here that within that spiritual result, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. That means the things that will take care of the minister within how they live and how they eat and how they drink and all of those things. That is what he means by should live of the gospel. 
should live of the gospel. In verse 15, we're going to kind of transition here. So we see the principles of the work, of the partnership within the work. Number one is sowing. Number two is reaping the material things. But the third thing is involves preaching and living. Again, the minister has to live. But then we see the third thing here this evening. I'll go through this pretty quickly. We see the product of the minister. The product of the minister. So we see the partnership in the work. We see the principles of the work. And we see the product of the minister's work. Now, I want you to go back to verse number 7 because he breaks this down here. And Paul gives several analogies of what is taking place. And he's giving these illustrations and these analogies of others. And he starts off the first one by saying, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? The answer to that is no one. If you're, if you're in the army, you don't buy your own armor. You don't buy your own boots. You don't buy uh, you know, your own tank. Uh, say, well, I want to be a tank driver. I'll go buy my own. Uh, or I want to be a pilot. I'm going to go buy my own F-15. I would love to buy an F-15 and fly an F-15, but I don't think you can buy one like that, uh, quite like that, especially fully loaded, that type of thing. Uh, but he says, who goeth a warfare at any time of his own charges? Well, the answer is no one. Then he says, who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Again, a garden. You plant a garden, what do you intend to do with that? Eat it. I mean, that's the whole intention. Imagine growing a garden, picking the fruit, canning it, and then saying, hands off. Nope, not for you. Well, who's it for? No one. I mean, who says that makes no sense? Of course it makes no sense. You plant a garden, you eat of the garden. He says, who feedeth the flock? And eateth not of the milk of the flock. So if you're going to feed the flock, and the flock is there to produce something, you're, that person is going to eat of the flock. And so we see the soldier, we see the garden, we see the shepherd, and again, we see the analogy even from the Scripture. He says, look, this is a scriptural thing. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. He's treading out the corn. You can see the ox, can't you? He's going through and he's getting the corn, and occasionally he'll take a bite. Why? Because the ox is hungry. The ox is working. The ox is going through. And he says, don't muzzle the ox where he can't eat. He says, don't do that. He said, it's a scriptural thing. Then he gives again the analogy of the servant. He says, doth God not care for the oxen, or saith he altogether, for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, he that thresheth in hope shall be partaker of this hope. He says there's a hope that is extended. That for anyone, when they put forth work, is going to be rewarded and a partaker within that work. And he says the minister is no different here within this. Now in this, though, there is an attitude within the partnership. He says in verse number 17, for... If I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. He said, what is my reward then, verily, that when I preach the gospel, 
I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Here's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, look, he's saying a good minister doesn't do it for the money. The good minister doesn't do it for the reaping. The good minister does it for the sake and the call of the gospel. That's it. And again, we find within this partnership the principles taking care of those that do the work. That's what it's all about. He says, though I be free from all, yet have I made myself servant unto all. He says, that's also what the minister is about. The minister is not to be lifted up on a pedestal as the, uh, I've heard some say this before, I don't really care for it myself, but I've heard, uh, I've heard ministers say that the pulpit is their throne. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. Servants don't have a throne, amen? Amen. I don't have a throne. He says that I might gain the more. The more here that he's talking about is not substance. It's in the spiritual. It's in the spiritual. And he explains it as he says, to the Jews, I became as a Jew. To those that are without the law, I became as without the law. To those that are weak, I became weak, that I might gain them all. Verse 23 says, And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not, they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. He says, there's only going to be one winner, but they all run the race. They all run the race. You've watched the Olympics before, haven't you? Could you imagine if every time you won, you watch the, the, the running race or any race for that matter, there's all kinds of different ones, but can you imagine if uh, you, you see the runners and uh, they're running, let's say it's the, the one-mile race and uh, they get wind and they say, oh, well, Henry came in first and so everybody just stops. That's not much of a race, is it? Now look, we, we know there can only be one winner, but they don't stop. They all run. To the end. Now here's the deal. We're not running against Henry. You're running against you. That you may obtain. That's what's going on here. Verse 25, he says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. See, it's not a corruptible crown. It's incorruptible. He says, I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, bring it under subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He says, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be cast aside. He said, I want to be a partner in the work. As a partner in the work, we have to understand the principles of the work. As we understand the principles of the work, we can see the product within the work. The case for caring for the minister of God. I I will tell you, it's one of those, uh, this is one of those messages that as a minister, 
Uh, it's not fun to preach. Uh, I, I'm not looking for, for more. I'm just simply telling you what the Word of God says. Care for the minister. And I appreciate the care that this church does give to the minister. Uh, I want to say that as well. Um, and uh, go on record for that as well. But that's the case for caring for the ministers. Have you ever wondered, well, why do we take care of? Well, this is why. This is why in the Word of God. So let's bow for prayer, and we'll transition here this evening. Heavenly Father.